Welcome to The Hunt, stories from Monster Hunter, where you can sharpen up on your Monster Hunter skills. We discuss Monster Hunter games inside and out, focusing on Monster Hunter World and Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate. And here are the hosts, Phil Willis and Michael Abs. Welcome to The Hunt, stories from Monster Hunter, where you can sharpen up on your Monster Hunter skills without the need for a whetstone. This is the podcast where Mike and I discuss Monster Hunter games inside now, focusing on Monster Hunter World and Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate. How are you doing tonight, Mike? I am doing great. I feel like our destiny has been no, fulfilled. No, no, we're not talking. We had this conversation before the podcast. We are not talking destiny tonight. No destiny. No, I'm not talking about destiny. I'm talking about our destiny. Mm, I'm watching you. Our See destiny eyes, in eyes Monster are... Hunter. Yeah, yes. Monster Hunter, right? Hunting monsters, lots of monsters, lots of monsters where we didn't want to hunt monsters, where people should not be forced to hunt uh. monsters. We're going to talk about that tonight. We're going to relive those memories, among do we others. Have to? Do we, we have do. To? That is our responsibility to our fans. We torture ourselves so that they can be educated and informed. We even I didn't this isn't that the one we tortured ourselves on stream even. Yeah, it was live. Video you could evidence. See, you could see the pain in real time if you tuned into the stream. Does that the whole streaming thing does it archive that? It does. So, and so you can, uh, at some point I will probably export that to YouTube as well. So, so you can uh, go and relive the pain over and over again. Yes. If you if you go to the RP Gamer Twitch channel and go to videos I believe I properly named the stream title, so there should be a Monster Hunter one there. Check that out. This is this is this is uh this episode is chapter three, the Golden Touch. Even though I could have easily named this "Make the Pain Stop," uh, because <laughs> we're talking about some pain. Been, oh God, is that its head or its butt? Yes, that would be a great name as well. So we have we have some we. <laughs> <laughs> or we could have named it Don't Put Your Horns There, It Hurts. Oh my god, it hurts. <laughs> so <laughs> we could have we could have done a lot of interesting things with the show name, but but we're yeah, we kept it with the Monster Hunter World one. We figure that gets more clicks since more of you are playing that one. Uh so the Golden Touch. We will be talking about Cold Taroth tonight, as well as our adventures in Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate. Uh we're gonna be answering your questions. And talking about Daimo Himitar. I'm pretty sure I'm screwing that name up. And so much more. Uh, so let's take a little break, let you listen to our little transition sound, and we'll be right back. sound means we are ready to do our assigned quest segment where 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 mike and i share stories on what what we what we did together um well okay the first one maybe i did with other friends and not mike if it's monster hunter world then yes because <laughs> mike's a funny duddy when it comes to monster hunter world but we have to talk about cold taroth the gigantic I mean, creature covered in gold. I mean, it sounds really cool. I've just been uh, 
very busy of late, so finding time to sit down in front of the PS4 has been difficult. Mike, it is your destiny to level up so that you're <laughs> ready to fight the next Kolv Taroth, or rank up, I should say. So so Kolv uh, Taroth can be found in a new, brand new land in Monster Hunter World called, I believe it's called El Dorado, or maybe I'm getting that mixed up. No, it's, um, what's the name, Spanish name for the City of Gold? <laughs> El Dorado. Oh, El Dorado. Okay, El Dorado. Say, okay, all right. Uh, this is why I got a C minus in Spanish class. But uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's a really huge creature uh, that is very painful when it rolls over on you. Uh, it, it it works its way through the caverns of El Dorado, and you play this with uh, with your other friends. He's really huge, and there are some siege weapons to help take him down. But unlike. Uh, whatever is Sor Magalos or whatever his name was, uh, the first big, huge boss you fight that you have to use a lot of siege weapons on. This is actually much more exciting because he moves around. Ooh. The siege weapons only go in a certain direction and they're spread out. So getting to those uh, in time to load them up, trying to figure out where he's going to go, uh, it's a little tough. But if you have your friends spread out, everyone's keeping their eyes open and you're communicating on a headset, then you do a lot better. And those things do pretty darn good damage uh massive damage so having that coordination with your team members really does help uh once you've done enough damage to him pumpkin will go to the south where there's an open area where you guys can really uh just open up your attacks on him and there's different there's different phases to the fight uh but what's interesting is that at the same time other people are fighting him uh, and for lack of a better word that are in kind of like the same instance or whatever so in the meeting in the meeting meeting hall you can meet up with 16 other players right or 15 other players 16 total so you get to split off in teams of four and each one of you are fighting your own instance of Kolf Taroth as as your the other parties or as you your party basically carve parts off of him uh pick off his pieces off the ground pick up his tracks uh, break you know break off i mentioned parts then then you'll score points uh, uh like research points and as these research points accumulate your chance your, he sticks around longer which gives you more of an opportunity to beat him up as well as makes it easier to break off his parts so the first time you fight him you've hardly leveled this up at all so it's really difficult to to knock off too many parts and the key with this guy is you can never actually kill him the key is is your goal is to break is for your group to break off his horns. So, uh, and this is really tough because his head is like two stories up in the air. So knocking him down is key. Uh, it helps if you're an insect laver like me. Uh, but even then, he's he's high up there. It can be hard even to hit his head with an insect laver. You. Um, but it, it, it was it's super fun and super exciting, and you're trying to be the first group to knock those horns off so you get the better prize. Even if you don't, though, you still get really great prizes. If the other group knocks them off first, uh, it gives you a reward level between one and seventeen. And as long as you're hanging out till the end and everything like that, you know, I, I'm usually between ten and sixteen, seventeen one time. So it, it's it's pretty good. When you when you beat him up, you get golden weapons and these golden weapons have random attributes on them they're very reminiscent of the random weapons you would find in the investigations and monster hunter 4 ultimate so you can get a switch axe a tier six or seven switch axe uh with a particular elemental strength and weaknesses with plus defense and and open slots in a way that isn't available from the other tier seven weapons 
but uh, and it, you can get a rare tier eight out of that. It's also a great way to maybe get a tier eight weapon outside of your normal weapon group that you normally wouldn't want to farm up the materials for. But hey, you just got a free tier eight insect glaive, so why not give it a shot? Uh, so that's pretty neat. The um, uh, aside from that, you can take some of the parts from him. There are there was a quest to basically turn in that gives you clothing. Uh, I only got one of the two sets available. Uh, and when I say clothing, I actually think it's better to say layers. It's a layer that's an outside layer that goes over on top of your armor. So uh, to make your character look different without changing your armor statistics underneath. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, there was a lot to it and, and a lot of farming going on. Uh, now I'm the kind of guy that, you know, I don't have to have everything in the world. Once I, uh, you know, I was trying to get that first set done. And once I was done with that first set, I didn't want to, I think I had already beaten him like eight times with some friends. <laughs> Yeah, so I was kind of done, you know, after that. I think when he comes back in a couple of months, I'll be ready to go on another run and maybe knock out the other set that I didn't get. Maybe get another. I did get a really cool golden switch axe, and it does a lot of damage. And I killed Pookie Pookie, I think, in two hits. So, okay, maybe not two hits, but dang nabbit, he died quick. I'm going to have to make sure I don't miss this thing the next time it comes around. Yeah, you do, uh, you know, a couple of requirements is he, he is, uh, I think you have to be at least HR, I forgive if 16 or 29, and you're going to want to bring anti-fire everything, the cloak, the armor, because, surprise, surprise, we have another Monster Hunter World creature that specializes in fire. Because uh, he's in El Dorado, he's covered in gold, there's molten gold, he covers himself in it, kind of like how some of the other creatures will, will cover themselves in mud, like Baroth will cover himself to, to give himself extra armor. He does it with gold. Uh, and, and his pieces that fall off are worth quite a bit of money as well, so, so you shouldn't have any money issues after this event. <laughs> yeah, if you ever had them before, which really, in Monster Hunter World, money's not a big issue after you get to high rank or so. Yeah, it was it was it was a lot of fun, and there was a lot to do there. So yeah, Mike, you need to be there. You totally need to be there. I know, I know. Yeah, I'm hoping to get spend some more time in Monster Hunter World soon. He and he's tough. He will knock out an unprepared group or newbies or people who get uh, a little bit too too lazy. Or but he didn't ever feel really unfair. So I, I thought he was a really really good boss. Well, I do like the idea of these limited time events. Keep people engaged. Keep them, keep them signing on instead of just adding stuff and making it permanent. It, it does keep people like coming back to the game to see what's new. So, uh, and hopefully at some point they'll do a. I don't know if they're going to do an expansion called uh, Monster Hunter World G, Monster Hunter World Ultimate, something. I'm sure that's going to come at some point. So. And and when it does, let me ask you a question. Are you yes. hoping that they include Zenogre? Yes, I am. It's one of my favorites, mostly for its musical theme. Yeah, yeah. So, so you and I got to got to hunt down some Zenogre. Yes, he is. And... He is a vicious quadrupedal pedal monster that yeah. that basically just wants to rip you up over and over again. He's like a tiger on steroids, cackling with electricity. It's kind of been a while since I'd fought one. Uh, so I forgot how fast it moves, and then once it charges itself up with electricity, how much faster it moves. Uh, and it can be pretty brutal if you're not prepared, especially if you're not using like something that can block. You're going to be doing lots of rolling and dodging. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in fact, when I first fought this guy with the Insect Glaive, uh, it did not end well. Over and over again. <laughs> but switching to the Charge Blade, which has the shield there... 
uh, and equipping the auto defend amulet. Yes, was key handy. in my victory against him on the solo level. But uh, yeah, definitely when you're playing with other people, it's a, it's a little easier, but not by much because he really has no problem just jumping and leaping yeah. from player to player. Oh, he's he's one of the ones that will absolutely keep you on your toes. That and like Tigrex. Uh, if you are not used to a fast-moving monster, they will just tear you to shreds. Yeah, and if uh, that wasn't hard enough for you, rumor has it that in Monster Hunter Generations, you can fight Thunderlord um, Zenogre. That just sounds like a Power Ranger monster. I call it the Thunderlord Zenogre! It really does. <laughs> <laughs> it just, yeah, yeah, but um, I, I don't think I'd ever want to face that because dealing with him... And I can't remember if at some point I also fought the frenzy version of him, but I don't think he can get any fast. I don't even think that's possible. I wonder if it even does get faster. Maybe it just does more damage or has different patterns and attacks. Yeah, he 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 was vicious, but we we did we did manage to succeed, yeah. and then we moved on to the creature that we want to see in every game. Legia uh, Cross. I just, I just don't know what the people were thinking in Monster Hunter Three when they decided to, to make this monstrosity underwater. I mean, well, Ugh. make this monstrosity at all, but then put it underneath water, so you have to go and fight him underwater. Yeah, the, the underwater stuff was really. I mean, I get the idea. It just, it did not work out. It really did not work out. Which, it, again, I've mentioned this before, but it really, to me, explains why the PSP version of Monster Hunter 3, with no underwater combat, was the most popular. Yeah, yeah, it is. It just was a super fun time. But but we didn't do too bad, I think, because we had somebody overpowered at our group. Yeah, <laughs> we. so we got a random person to join us, which, if you go and actually play Monster Hunter 3 ultimate online there are there is still a very small community of people online and there are some overleveled people who will absolutely help you out and mm -hmm. a lot of them will not be english speaking but they will be perfectly happy to help you and um it seems like they're just glad to see somebody playing and want to help them along and yeah so i've always had a very positive experience um i don't know how long, much longer that server is going to be up so I highly re recommend people use it while it's there because, uh, you know, I don't know how much longer it will last. Yeah. Um, trivia point. I, here, Surprise, surprise. He does not have his own theme song music. Zenogre does. Mm-hmm. Legiocrest doesn't. Why is that, Mike? I don't know. Oh, actually, I do know. I completely lied because Zenogre was like the featured monster in Monster Hunter Portable 3rd, mm. which came out before 3 Ultimate. Um, so obviously it got its own theme, which was like uh, featured in the opening animation for Monster Hunter Portable and everything. So that is why it has its own theme. I also like how it says here, breaking its dermal spikes reduces its ability to use electrical attacks. Like there was any way, shape or form I could position myself in the water <laughs> To be able to just make sure I hit it spikes. Oh, what what's the problem with moving in a completely 3D and slow-moving space? It's very easy. You guys got to go watch the video feed. There was another creature, I don't recall its name, that we fought underneath water that took us a lot longer. Because I don't think we had the overpowered player at that point. Uh, uh, and it resulted it, in a lot more swearing from me, I'm pretty sure. Was it the Ligaria Ligaria? I don't know how to pronounce yeah. it. The so, thing with... 
the lizard with like the crest on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, like, like, like yeah. I, yeah. You're close on the name, but I'm horrible with names. So yeah. Legaria, whatever. But yeah, go and check that out. We're going to kind of skip just a little ahead because I want to leave enough time to talk about our favorite encounter that Mike and I did together. Uh, the uh, the Kezu, which Ugh. I just why <laughs> why did they do this to us, Mike? I, I don't know. Now we and... talked we talked about Kezu last time, but that was the Monster Hunter Four version. Yeah, I think that's actually a different monster. I, I think it's, it's similarly just... named, but different Ooh. monster. Maybe like maybe they're... the Kezu is the Monster Hunter Four name, and also we looking something up for Monster Hunter Three. Yeah, I don't know. They, I mean, they're both horribly disgusting. So yeah. they certainly meld together in the brain. Yeah, uh, but they both because they both look very very similar yeah. to each other. Uh, it's it might be Giganox. Um, let me just see yeah. here. Giganox are similar to the Kezu in that they are blind, cave-dwelling wyverns. However, they do not sense prey uh, by smell. Instead, Giganox have a special organ that they can detect the body heat of their prey. Uh, so looking at the picture, boy, he looks pretty similar. He's got poison. Pretty sure this is the one we fought. Habitat's the Tundra. Yeah. Mm, yeah, third, third generation. Yeah, so that's probably the one we fought. So my bad, it wasn't yeah. Kezu. It was Kezu's not-so-distant cousin. Looks like a Kezu, smells like a Kenzu, but doesn't use lightning, uses poison, and uses it liberally. Yeah. Yes. Did you have anti-poison armor? Uh, I don't think so. Because uh, I didn't, and I got poisoned a lot. I didn't realize I could go through so many antidotes. I'm trying to remember if I was using my standard armor or if, or if I was still messing around with like the um, the bow gun at that point. And, but... he, and and the fun part for us was the cat. The quest we had was to capture him. Oh yes, I forgot about that part. And we we almost ran out of traps too because we caught it on our very last trap. Like only only you had tranquilizers left. Yeah. So it was basically either catch it there or we would have had to start the damn thing over. And, and it was just like it was just like is it limping? You can't even tell. It's a blob with leg. It's a, it's a worm Ugh. with legs. You can't tell if it's you know if it's got a good limp or not. That's why we kept wasting traps. Because I'm like, I think it's limping now. Quick, put down a trap because we don't want to accidentally kill it and fail the quest. And so we put down a trap and find. Oh no, wait, he's he's not really. No, he's not really that hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Those things are gross. They're gross and disgusting, and and they're disturbing. And then they want to hang off the ceiling for, like, ever and spit more poison on you. Did you know that, at, I don't know about that one, but at least Saketsu is in Monster Hunter Stories. So you can get your cute little anime character riding oh. on a horrible, disgusting block. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's just so wrong. <laughs> that's just wrong. Poor yeah, children. It's, it's gross. Uh, but, but I mean, it was a rough, that was probably the roughest thing we did. Cause by that point, uh, the overpowered people had left us or maybe that was early on. I don't remember I was drinking. So it's all a blur, but uh, yeah, that, that one was hard, but Mike and I pulled through, we bonded because of it. I remember at the end going, now we have good, now we have good stories for the hunt. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I believe that was a required one because we were trying we we're trying to get you ranked up yeah. to G rank. So you know, if we failed it, we were going to have to do it over at some point. Yeah, there there's no so, getting away from that one. So nope, nope, nope. 
Uh, but hey, we got through it together. It was super fun. And that's why you should be playing Monster Hunter in one of its iterations with your friends, slaying huge gigantic beasts together so you too can have stories and share them with us on our forums and the such. More information on that later. But in the meantime, we're going to take another break and we're going to be right back with a fresh new investigation just for you. And this is the investigation segment where we take a look at a potentially game-stopping monster and we give you all the tips, tricks, weaknesses, and more that you need to kick his ass. Or her ass. Uh, today's monster. Well, we have to say that because when we talk about Diabolos, there is technically Black Diabolos, which I understand is the female version that manages to somehow hit harder than Diablos. Interesting. Uh, but, uh, you know, Diabolos uh, would then be the, the, the male counterpart, and that's what we're talking about today. Good old Diabolos. Do you have good memories of Diabolos? No, no. not as such. No? No. Is, is it just memories of Diabolos ripping you a new one? Yep. Yeah. The apex monster of the wild spire waste, a menacing territorial beast that lurks underground. Loud noises will cause it to lunge out of the sand in search of prey. So Diablos is definitely one of those creatures in Monster Hunter world. Uh, I've really not run into him yet. I know he's in the other games, but I haven't run into him yet in the other games. But uh, in Monster Hunter world, definitely haven't experienced it firsthand. He is definitely one of those creatures that will make you stop and take a restocking of how you play the game. Yeah. <laughs> Whether or not you want to continue playing the game. Even if you, you know what you're doing, mm-hmm. which is the case for me. It was like, oh, Diablos. Whatever, I've beat him in other games before. Nope, I got wrecked. Mm-mm. Completely wrecked. Yeah, and and knowing that ice was his, is the most effective element against him didn't help me. Nope. Because he killed me before I could even utilize that weakness. Uh, so, so yeah, Diablos is a, is, is, is a very big dragon creature, but he doesn't do a lot of flying. He mostly attacks you from the ground because, quite frankly, he doesn't need to fly to kick your ass. He will come charge. He's got these really huge horns in front and mainly attacks by just charging forward and sticking those two horns up where the sun doesn't shine. Uh, you, and, then, and then just when you think you've got the Toro Toro thing down and you've learned to like roll just the right way to where that doesn't you know hit you too often, that's where he'll dive underneath the ground in the sand and and suddenly just pop up underneath of you. It does this very fast, by the way. Yes. Yeah. And you think you're rolling the right way to get away from it. You're not. No. Nope. No, there's no rolling the right way. Uh, he's tough. And uh, another one of those creatures that... Uh, Insect Glaive is my, my default weapon in Monster Hunter World. And I died like three or four times in a row trying to insect glaive him even up in the air if you think you know being up in the air that he's just going to charge underneath of you and then you're going to get him from behind or just come slamming down on top of him uh uh-uh. because he's <laughs> tall enough apparently to where somehow he hits your hitbox <laughs> while you're up in the air it doesn't work at least not very often uh so it's 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 really really he is really a beast yeah and you really have to be patient because uh you don't want to try and rush it Otherwise, he's going to hit you with some big attacks when you least expect it. You're going to go down, and before you know it, you're going to have to start the whole thing from the beginning. So you kind of need to be patient, get your hits in, and 
mainly stay focused on not failing horribly. Mm -hmm. I love hearing different stories about how people, you know, got past Diablos. Uh, There was one story I read where the, the guy was struggling with Diablos, almost gave up on the game, went to bed that night frustrated, slept on it, woke up and realized, you know what? Monster Hunter World does bring a lot of elemental considerations we didn't see in the prior entry. So, and when he was thinking about where you fight Diablos, there's a lot of flash bugs down there. So, and uh, if you if you do a little research, uh, I don't know if the game mentions this specifically in the Hunter's Guide or not, but he is very sound sensitive. That's why you know it's kind of alluded to in the quote that loud noises will cause it to lunge out of the sand in, in search of its prey, and it's in the and that's in the cutscene by the way as well. So there's plenty of of, of hints here that if you use a sound pod, uh, that that can be effective. Uh, and the way it works is while he's charging you, especially underneath the sand, if you throw that sound grenade or whatever the heck it's called from your from your slinger, it'll make him pop up right out of the sand, dazed, wide open to you just opening up a can of whoop ass on him. <laughs> and so the guy and he started thinking, like, I've got traps. I never use my traps. I mean I use them if there's a capture quest, but but what about using them offensively? You know, for a creature you're struggling with, it, you know, you got a pit trap and electric trap, and of course you can't use them over and over again. You get diminishing returns, but you could probably pop each one of those twice barrels. And so he started thinking through this, and and so he was able to turn that battle around uh, through using uh, using uh, some of the weapon or some of the items that you don't really think to use uh, in the middle of a battle. How did you get past it, Mike? Patience, 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 patience. Um, and what weapon? I, Let me ask you what weapon too. Charge blade. Charge blade. Okay. Yeah. So, um, which you really have to be careful with because you don't want to waste your charges on a completely failed uh, super attack. Uh, so I think I don't think I even use super attacks. I think I just you know charged up the blade, switched to axe mode to get the few hits in whenever I can, and really block a lot and try and stay alive and just keep at it. You know, you can't. You can't rush your way through that battle, like I said before. It's uh, you, you have to be patient and just you know stay alive, watch your health, don't waste your healing items, and you'll be okay. You'll be okay. Did Maybe. You, did you find? Did you find that with the shield on that? Was he doing significant chip damage? Yes. He's running into you. Yeah. So you still have you still need to dodge when you can. You can't just sit there with your shield up. Now, for uh, it helps, but yeah, yeah. Well, so for so for so for me, I w- uh, the way I got past this was a much bigger shield. I went with the lance, <laughs> <laughs> the lance, which has the biggest shield out of all of them, and and holy cow, did that work so well? Because he just toro toroed right into the shield. Uh, then I go poke 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 toro poke poke poke. He goes underneath the ground. I keep the shield up. Uh, that yep. pretty much blocks even the underground charge poke 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 uh and and eventually that worked and my jaw hit the ground i was like oh that was as easy just switching to a different weapon <laughs> i think in previous games uh when i was often using gun lance i think that's what got me through mm. another I, I did eventually get good he is weak against ice and i uh, i love the legiana bow and armor set uh which does significant ice damage and bonus ice damage uh, I believe that it said also has an extra charge level on the bow, so it's just a lot of fun to play. Uh, and and you have to be careful with him. You, but the nice thing about the bow is dodging while you have your bow pulled gives you an extra level of charge. So mm. you get out of the way of pumpkin, 
and you're already ready to do you know extra damage to him at the same time. It's a little nail biting, but if you like living life on the edge, uh, it, it does work. I actually use that also for basil geese. Uh, that method of just using the bow and kiting him from the side, just basically yeah. just whoosh, whoosh, dodge attack, dodge attack, dodge attack. It's great, but of course you have to watch your stamina because it does burn through stamina like nobody's business. Yeah. Uh, I'm not the best at dodging for so for a hard hitting monster like this. I oh, usually yeah. prefer something with a shield just like as a backup. Well, I'd mind you one mistake and yeah. he will, especially on high rank or, or have oh, yeah. you fight tempered. Uh, it will, he, he, uh, so the black Diablos, they'll, they'll both wipe you, you know, a bow user, knock them pretty darn low in the health, if not wipe them out altogether, because yeah. you're also with that, with the bow, you don't, you're you're at a negative thirteen thirty percent physical damage, and that's all he does. There is yep. no elemental damage; it's all pain up the rear end, sharp, pointy pain. So, yeah, yeah. So he's he's really tough, but he is definitely definitely somebody that uh, that you got to think your way through, and you got to figure out what your approach is, or a combination of some of the things that we've suggested. Uh, but definitely think about taking those items. It's probably the only monster that I was really big into taking the uh, the sound. The, the the sound pod doohickeys and you can mm. make those out of the creatures that are that are down there i don't think you can now chemical your way through those you pretty much do have to hunt some monsters but i had like 20 or 25 by the time i got to them from some other farming along the way so yeah nice yeah or you know another thing you can kind of look at doing is he does get tired once he's done a number of charges uh you know exhaust him out is a good time to wail on him yeah Oh, and he does that thing, too, where he'll dive into, like, a sand... Like, there are... Instead of waterfalls, there are sandfalls. And he'll go into those. Like, you might dive into a, into a waterfall, and there's an empty cave behind it. Well, he dives into those, and then he'll pop out from another direction at once where his layer is at, the small layer. And he'll... When you don't expect it, he will attack you from behind. So you gotta be... You gotta be careful about that as well. Yeah, he, he definitely... For somebody who's just stuck to the ground doing physical attacks... Uh, he he definitely gets around and puts you through the ringer. <laughs> just just a nasty guy. So 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 there's there's Diablos in a nutshell for you. At least the Monster Hunter World version. I, I will certainly share my experiences when I eventually get to him. I'm sure he is he in Monster Hunter Four. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, yeah, yeah, I believe so. Maybe and and so eventually, uh, if he's there, I will find him. So there's Diablos. Yay! Exciting. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. We'll take another break because we got some mail for you. And that bell means that the Argosy has pulled into port and it comes bearing mail for us. Mr. Mike, the first question I have on the docket. Somebody ask, where's Monster Hunter World been all my life? Hashtag addicted. Uh, it's probably been on systems you don't play that much or don't own. Um, so that's where Monster Hunter World has been your whole life. Because as shiny and new as it is, it is not at all that different from the previous games. So yeah, it's been around. And I'm sorry that it took you this long to find it. But hopefully, uh, yeah. Sounds like whoever this is is enjoying it quite a lot, so it's always good to hear. Yeah, I think it's a great answer. Uh, there's uh, there's a lot of people who are just so surprised by Monster Hunter World, but you and I 
both know that yeah. the previous games have been out there for some time and they they are super fun like you may look at some of the screenshots and the graphics and say eh, but no they, they're they're still they're still uh they, they 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 have so much of that magic there and stuff yeah you don't have your ps4 pro 4k graphics on it sure sure but the action the the adrenaline being there with your friends, uh, that's all there. The the deep combat system, the deep crafting systems, they're all there. And it really surprises me just how much of that remained intact. I was worried that Monster Hunter World was going to change up the formula and turn it into something I don't like anymore. But I think they did a really good job. Uh, question about the bow. How do I use the coatings in Monster Hunter World? Uh, what are the exact controls? So I believe it's very similar. Now, understand, I'm used to playing the DS version, so there may be another way to do this that's better on the PS4. But the PS4 Monster Hunter World actually supports many of the commands, So, which is basically holding down the left uh, shoulder button and pressing triangle, and I believe it's X. It's the top and the bottom of those face buttons, not the left and right ones. So I might be getting. I guess I need to look at a picture of a PlayStation I think, controller. I think I think that's correct, though. Okay, and and that will let you while you're holding the shoulder button, let you scroll up and down through them, uh, and then I press. I think it's circle to apply, but the directions are actually right there. Like it'll say circle or something like that yeah. to apply, uh, and that applies the coding to it. And then every arrow you fight after that's going to pull from that inventory of codings. And if I recall correctly, like the first time you use a weapon in Monster Hunter World, there. It, displays a lot of information mm-hmm. uh, on the different controls so uh, unless you missed out the first time you used it it should have like shown you some instruction on uh, like what each of the buttons do and everything but mm-hmm. yeah I guess I guess when you're first messing around with the bow you're probably not worrying about the codings that much but very important so what is your least favorite monster to fight in monster hunter world and why monster hunter world see if it if it wasn't monster hunter world that would have been easy to answer <laughs> well there must be some monster turning you off in worlds because you don't play it enough mike um uh, let me think I yeah, mean, don't don't cop out and say pookie pookie he's cute no i think it's the ice the ice thing whose name I can't, oh that legiana that we were talking about yeah, yeah legiana just because it's in the air so much that it Unless you're already using a bow or something, and if you're trying to fight it by yourself, it can just be an absolute pain just to get some damage in on the thing. You know, I, again, I think it's another great answer because I, I kind of want to say the same thing, just a little bit different. For me, it's like a pink. It's either pink or blue Rathalos, whichever one flies the most. But I was doing that with a friend, and I was playing with my brand new uh, Switch Axe. But dang, Nabita thing would never come to the grave. <laughs> you know, it's almost as bad as fighting underneath water. Not as bad, but dang, Nabbit. And and what they've done now in Monster Hunter World is they've nerfed the flash uh, the flash grenades a bit. So you can't Ooh. just perpetually flash them out of the air until the end of time. Right. So, yeah, which I guess was their original intention. I mean, all items pretty much have um, diminishing returns in Monster Hunter World. But when it came to those flying monsters, now I don't, I mean, I'm usually using the insect glaive or the bow, so I can usually hit those things. But on the occasion that I do want to play my Lance or my brand new pretty Switch Axe, those things are, you're right, they're really frustrating when you don't yeah. take to the air. And I think that was always less of an issue in the earlier games just because, for the most part, there's just less verticality in the levels. So yeah. there'd generally be always a way 
to reach it, I mean, sometimes the, sure there wasn't, but for the most part, there's like literally no vertical space for there was no vertical space for the monsters to move up in, so you almost always had a way to hit it. Whereas in this, there's a lot more 3D to the arenas, so there can often be a time where if you're unless you're using like set of ranged weapon, there there's really no way for you to actually physically reach the thing, which can be really frustrating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it just hmm. I I feel like they fly a little bit higher too, and. One of the things that, that that we talked about, in, you know, in game design, uh, one of the frustrations with some of the later Zelda games outside of Breath of the Wild is that a lot of the enemies are basically you have to wait for them to turn around because from You're their right. front they You're can't right. be attacked. So here's a gaming design pro tip, boys and girls: pa- players don't like to be patient. We're not playing games. <laughs> To test our patience. Yeah. That's not a fun mechanic. So when you have a creature like Legiana, that basically your best bet is just to keep an eye on her and keep your shield up or keep your finger on the dodge button until she finally comes down before you can attack on her. That's not a fun gameplay mechanic. Well, I think it's mostly fine because, I mean, there's still a lot of interaction because the thing is attacking you while it's out of range and you need to avoid that and it's flying away you have to keep up with it but yeah it's it could be a bit better i think yeah i mean it's one thing uh, you know it, it, i felt like diablos is a lot more exciting because generally i was always like oh my gosh it's about to hit me right and right. And, and so with legiana there's those moments where it's just kind of hanging up in the sky and it'll do a breath and sometimes the breath will hit you sometimes it won't but you you know with diablos if you do time that dodge just right you can turn around you can get a few hits on it real quick Legiana yeah. will just sit up there, breathe, and still hover. <laughs> yeah. And then breathe again. Or then maybe you'll do a power dive and then go right back up into the air again. And I mean, I guess it might be technically possible to pre-dodge, come up, and hit it one whack before it flies back up again. Uh, but until it comes down, you're right. Like there, And in the first arena you fight it in, to be fair, the developers put some walls you can kind of like run up and jump up and come back down on them. Yeah, but it, it, it's still a little bit of a frustrating, you know, thing overall. It's not the end of the world, but I would no. say if you're going to say what's my least favorite monster that pops up on my investigation list, <laughs> I mean, but uh, but that's where you know if you are a poly weaponist like I am, then usually with those guys I'll pull out a bow or an insect glaive. Yeah, that's how I beat it the first time. I just went with a bow. Yeah. And by the way, Insect Glaive with one of those flying dragons is actually the way to get your wife seasick while watching you on television. Because <laughs> every this screen's just going all crazy while you're trying to follow the dragon. Uh, let's see here. Bobby Watson on our forum says, To answer the question, I still, from our last show, I still have not fought Nergigante. I'm mostly going through the six-star quest at the moment. Also, I'm waiting for my usual partner in Monster Hunter Crime, and that's that's real. Cool. That's that's what that's what it's all about. Play with your friends yep. and go hunt some monsters together. And you definitely want help uh, with Nergigante, unless you are very over armored. Which yeah. one is that again? He is the dragon with all the black spikes that grow and harden, and then dives oh. bomb on your butt and wipes you out in one hit. When the spikes are fully grown, unless you Superman dive at the exact right moment at the right right angle, which I never do. No, thank you. No, yeah, he is he is a pain in the butt. Uh, That one, 
That one was really, really tough for me to – I have no clue. I will tell you, he's the first one that I think really pushed me to abuse the item box back in the camp. <laughs> that whole mechanic that we talked about earlier. And yeah. go, go back, grab more stuff because I'm constantly you know, seeding up, using the powders, using every trick in the book on him. He is He is monstrous. He's like Diablos, but he flies. It's just – yeah, no, it's just – it's horrible. <laughs> it's pain. Uh, and you will definitely, if you're taking a friend with you who's undergeared, you will know it because he will triple <laughs> cart. Uh, so uh, he says, also, I have not checked this, but I'm pretty sure flash bombs don't work on Kezu, as I believe Kezu does not have eyes enough. You are correct. Yes. I think I tried that in the cave and it did not work. I found yeah. out he doesn't have eyes. We tried We tried firsthand for science. Yep. Yeah, yeah, because some people got to learn the hard way <laughs> rather yeah. than just look it up and see. <laughs> so that and we we discovered that scientifically, Kezu mm-hmm. is disgusting. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, science, science fact. Bobby Bobby Watson actually calls him a male part of an anatomy walking on legs, and I'll leave it to your <laughs> imagination. Uh, but thank you for your mail. Thank you for your questions. Uh, again, at the end of the show, uh, we'll, we'll, you know, the, the outro will, will definitely give you different ways you can get a hold of us and keep those coming. Hit us up on our forums or our Twitter handles and all that other fun stuff. But before we play that bit, we do have one more segment, the canteen. We'll be right back. are now sitting down at the canteen where mike and i sit down with our what is is it called the beer yeah the beer but the mission assigner what's her name what's she always called uh your handler we're sitting down with our handler and she i think it's a handler and she's going to give us our next quest so we talk about our next quest in the canteen that's why we call it the canteen uh in monster hunter world your handler is always sitting there i think she just eats nonstop. that's why (laughs) so 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 I've been playing Monster Hunter 4 some more. Uh, as I mentioned, I broke that last boss, and I and that puts you right into 7-star. And I fought the Dai, Daimyo Hematar, or whatever the hell it's called, which is essentially a giant crab. But what's really cool is that instead of just a flat shell or a round shell on its back, it, it, it's basically got the, the skull of a dinosaur-sized rhinoceros. <laughs> so you never know if you're facing its front it's either got claws or you got this skeleton rhinoceros head and he'll charge you he'll back he doesn't even go beep beep he'll just run back into you really quick and knock you knock you down if you're not careful uh he was he was tough uh like literally when i say tough like I felt like I got to the groove of his pattern. He hurt a lot. He hurt me a lot, but I started to get better at that. I was using a charge blade so I could block a lot of it, but he just would not die, Mike. <laughs> it was like a 32 minute fight. Yeah, he's got a lot of armor. I, uh, yeah, the armor and the health. He's no I, joke. And I figure he's he doesn't have many squishy parts. Like you really have to learn where to aim your attacks. For yeah, them or to you're just going to be bouncing off everything. Bouncing off, and uh, and I felt like I was doing some good hits, but I think it's because maybe I just need some better weapons. So 
I'm going back and I'm trying to find out what I could gear up a bit. Um, and I realized that I had only defeated one six-star quest. So there's a whole bunch of, which are technically still low rank, but there's a whole bunch of six-star quests that I still need to do. So I'm probably going to kind of run through those just to have those knocked out. And those will probably give me some more parts to get better weapons. You can always go back and fight your good friend Gormagala a bunch of times because the weapons you build from that are dragon based Hmm. which can wreck lots of different things so uh that may help out i'm gonna do some some research online because unlike monster hunter world monster hunter 4 doesn't quite you know that's a lot of times i'm playing when i'm playing my ds i'm not close to the internet so i I, sometimes i'll I'll just be like geez so i go for this weapon yeah it just gives you the two chap two or three or four choices from whatever upgrade level you're at yeah and so it feels kind of experimental but then you burn through parts so i should google that out there's some good websites for that yeah there's also uh i think it's on android and ios there's an app you can get that's like an encyclopedia Mm -hmm. for monster hunter 4 that's pretty good oh okay i'll have to check that out you may find that handy uh now i would have wish i would have knocked out some more monster hunter 4 but uh I did actually spend a little too much time on Call of Taroth and some of the surrounding, you know, quest uh, as well because they had that big whole event that we talked about last time. The the spring event was still going on, so I was knocking some of that stuff out while it was still up. But the good news is this stuff always comes back around again. So, what are you working on, Mister Mike? Uh, so first, I was doing some Monster Hunter Four, um, working on the think it's seven, seven or eight star. I forget exactly, um, but. Um, this is single player high rank in Monster Hunter 4 I'm talking about mm-hmm. so I was trying to take out the purple Gipseros oh. the one I talked about in a previous episode that mm-hmm. was just poisoning, poisoning me to no end so I spent a lot of time building random new weapons uh, specifically I was trying to find something fire based because that's what it's weak to and I eventually settled on a uh, switchblade mm. um, or maybe it was uh I was away last week, so it's it's been a while since I actually did this. I can't remember if I actually fought it with the... Not the switchblade. I can't remember if I fought it with the charge blade or with the gun lance. But either way, it was still a long, brutal, drawn-out fight. But I at least had something with a shield so I can block his stupid screams and actually be able to roll out of the way when he did his poison attack. So... I did eventually beat him, but I think I think it was still like at least a forty minute fight. Wow. It it was brutal, yeah. So you're still working what what stars are you are you up to? I forget which star I'm at. I think it's the first level of high rank. Hmm. Okay. So we're we're pretty close on the single player side. Yeah. Well keep and working on, on it. Yeah, and on the multiplayer side I'm still working through uh the high rank quests whenever I can to try and work my way up to G rank, but I still have a lot of long way to go there. I don't even have like a high rank armor set, I don't believe, so Ooh. lots well, of work to do. I'll be working on it. I, I do yeah. have uh some flying to do. Uh the only problem I'll I'll be completely honest here, Hyrule Warriors does come out on the Switch. Oh yeah, and yeah, you know me, you know me, and and my Musu games, or Musa, whatever yeah. the hell they're called, uh, and Musa. that's that. That I mean, I I'm not double. Tri- I'm actually triple dipping on this game now, Mike. Me too. That is, I uh, 
I've said it before. I will say it again. I think that is the best Musou game. I do that, too. That they have so far produced. Better I've... than the Fire Emblem yeah. one. Yeah. Better than any of their own properties. It's just. It's just, just good. good. It's just good. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I've been putting a lot of time in a Fire Emblem uh, to to unlock Lin. So to do that, you got to get through the main story quest, and then you, you you'll, you'll need some levels underneath your belt. Uh, because the the storyline to unlock Lynn has some really tough encounters at the end, some real nail biters. Uh, so you'll want every little uh, armor, well, not armor, but weapon bonus and whatnot you can get. But uh, yeah, at the end of the day, uh, I like the characters, I like the graphics, but it's just not as good as High no. Warrior. No, no. Ah, but we digress. It's all not yeah. as good as Monster Hunter. So, no. Hey, no. Uh, so the other thing I was going to say is, speaking of Switch, so I've been continuing to work in Monster oh. Hunter Double X, slowly making my way through the single player content. Uh, so I actually did um, up to three stars now, um, and you know the game's pretty good. I recently had to do some uh hunts on like some monster hunter one or two maps mm-hmm. which were really simple and boring mm. uh but the the good one i did recently was uh the Licario, I, I can't pronounce his name the frilled lizard thing mm-hmm. that we fought recently in monster hunter 3 yeah. which was fun and easy because there's no underwater yay <laughs> so you're just chasing around on land and it's actually really easy uh, because its its patterns are ri- ri- ridiculously easy. It will run back and forth, spitting out balls of water, and then occasionally roll. Um, and, you know, I'm using the skill set where you can uh, dodge and dodge into something and fly up in the air and do an aerial attack. So hmm. it was just ridiculously easy. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that game's pretty good, and I still recommend it to people, to anyone that's interested. Um, it's it's no four, but and I, it's not something you should ever play if it as an intro to the series. But for veterans, it's definitely worth picking up and playing through when you have the time. Some more good Monster Hunter awesomeness. Yes. Well, it's about time for us to bring this chapter of the Hunt Stories for Monster Hunter to a close. We thank you so much for listening. Have a great night. Let us know what you think. We'll give you the credentials here to reach out to us. Uh, if you like, uh, send in your questions and whatnot. We'll be happy to read them on our next show and help you out with whatever you're fighting on our next show. Aside from us going over what we're doing and what we beat up on, we're going to be talking about Raytheon. Woo-hoo. More flying creatures. <laughs> yes. ah, this one stays to the ground for the most part. Yeah, well, this one's this one's a long-time classic, so yeah. it's going to be a good one to talk about. Yeah. We'll have to debate whether or not we want to talk about all the iterations, too. Yeah, it might be good. Yeah. So join us here, and probably won't be the next two weeks because I am, like I mentioned, I'm going to be gone, but uh, maybe for the week right after that. So Because I'll have plenty of stories coming back from that trip. So take care, and have a great evening. Goodbye. <laughs>
Salutations. If you've held on for this long, you're in for for a treat. Uh, Mike and I, we record these uh, one night, and then a night or two later, I'll go ahead and edit this. And in between that time, we got some really, really big news that I'm just dying to share with you guys, and I didn't want to finish editing this podcast uh, without doing so, now that I know about it. Uh, So it was announced today that Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate Edition is coming out uh, for the Nintendo Switch uh, later on this year, in August. I think there's an actual date somewhere. Let me see if I can. August 28th. August 28th. That is super, super exciting. I can't remember if Mike and I have talked about this on the show, if it was off air, but Mike is all the time trying to get me to... um, play the Japanese version of Monster Hunter um, Generations Ultimate, otherwise known as Monster Hunter Double Cross. And and you could play, I mean, he's basically playing the Japanese version. Um, I personally don't really want to do that. I, I, Monster Hunter has a lot of descriptions and items and the such, so even though Monster Hunter Generations doesn't have a deep story where you have to follow a plot or dialogue for the most part, it really does help to be able to read the items uh, so that you can put together weapons and know what you're looking for. So I was kind of turned off by the idea because you could always go and download the Japanese version on your Switch if, if you just Google it up. There's a few steps you have to take, but you could you could do that. So Mike's been playing that for a little bit and he enjoys it, but he can never talk me into it. But now we found out we're going to get uh, an English version of that right here in the United States on the Nintendo Switch in, what, three or four months? So that is super, super exciting. On top of that, If you have the 3DS Monster Hunter Generations, you're going to be able to import your progress and your character over. So you can start getting a head start now if you want to. Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate Edition is going to have G-Rank, as most Ultimate Editions do. That means harder monsters, different monsters, and brand new armor sets. That's what you get with the Ultimate Editions. So uh, you can get a head start now if you own the 3DS version. It's super, super exciting. You can go ahead and Google up. There's a there's a trailer out there now for it, uh, but it's it's great and it's exciting news. And my hats off to Capcom for doing this. It definitely is a nod to the fans. So so I'm very very excited. And you can expect Mike and I've been already been talking about this. Uh, you can expect us to see uh, expect us to do some live streaming of some of our adventures on that when that comes out and uh, the following months afterwards, of course. So. Uh, very, very exciting. Let us know what you think. Uh, you can hit me up at Twitter at JC Servant, and I'd be happy to read your comments on the air about this exciting news or any other questions you may have. So very excited. Again, uh, just just that was awesome news, and I had to get that into this podcast. I'm sure Mike and I will touch on it a little bit further on the next chapter of The Hunt Stories from Monster Hunter. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Have an awesome day.